Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, November 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Kansas State is headed to the Big 12 Championship game. The Wildcats will face undefeated TCU at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas on Saturday at 11 a.m. On today's show, Wildcats beat writer Kellis Robinette has all the angles covered, like what K-State must do to reverse the loss to the Horned Frogs in the regular season, the impact of quarterback Will Howard, who saw his first action this season in that game, and what are the bowl possibilities for the Wildcats, win or lose? After a break, you'll hear from Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman from his weekly news conference. Okay, let's get started. Kellis, I realized uh, as I was putting this together that this is the inaugural Sports Beat KC Big 12 Football Championship Game Edition. Uh, not that there's not been Big 12 Championship games while we've been doing this podcast. It's just that, you know, with Baylor and Oklahoma State last year and Oklahoma and just about all the other ones, there never seemed to be a reason to do one. But with Kansas State taking on TCU Saturday, 11 a.m., at uh, at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, uh, this is a good time to start the Big 12 Championship Game podcast. Um, so, you know, Kellis, I remember when we were down at the same stadium earlier this year and voting for all-conference and, and uh, or seeing the results of all-conference voting and, and predicted, um, you know, placement of the T order of finish, and K-State was fifth. I think people that covered Kansas State and, and people that knew the program thought there was a good chance for them to be better than fifth this year. And they got to second, which is a great finish because that gets you in the Big 12 title game. And and now they get to play for a, a conference championship. These don't come around very often for the Wildcats, but this is a I don't know, this is a monumental moment for, for the football program, is it not? It really is. I mean, you could argue. It's the biggest game they've had in two decades. Uh, they did win a Big 12 championship in 2012. They beat Texas in the season finale to get it. But I don't know that really people, you know, looked at that game as just just huge contest. They were favored. Texas was barely in the top 25. It was, I mean, people celebrated. It was a great night, but it wasn't. You know, the game, It's it was more celebrating the season, not just the game. They haven't been in the Big 12 championship game since 2003 all the way back when they uh, beat Oklahoma, when they were ranked number one, arguably the best win in school history for the Wildcats. So this is a big deal. Um, Like you mentioned, getting the second place is just as good as finishing first in the Big 12 in the regular season to get to play in this game. And it's it's a biggie. You don't get too many chances to bring home a trophy. And, you know, this team has come together at the right time. They're going to lose some pieces next season. Uh, no matter what, depending on what some some seniors decide to do, uh, whether they want to come back, depending on what some juniors like Deuce Vaughn and Felix and DK Uzama want to do as very talented players. They, you know, odds are they're probably going to take a step back next season and it'll be a minute or two before they can make another run at this. So no better time to take advantage than right now. No, heck no. You're right. Um I want to go back to something you said. The, the Cats, of course, won that the the Big 12 title in 2012, the Colin Klein team. And I was there that night in Manhattan. I can remember the fans storming the field. And I can remember being down on the field after the game. And Texas, the losing team, always does their eyes for Texas, uh, you know, celebration, even when they lose. And those poor Longhorns, 
couldn't even get off the field. It was so packed <laughs> on, the, on the field after the fans rushed. Um, but it was a great night. But still, like you said, Kellis, that was not a championship game. It clinched the championship for the Wildcats, but it wasn't a it wasn't a title game. So, yes, um, the the types of games that programs like Oklahoma and Alabama and Georgia have kind of taken for granted and think about playing before the season starts, they don't come around that often for Kansas State. So this absolutely is a celebration game. And listen, I can remember when the Big 12 was formed and the uh, the championship game idea was hatched. Bill Snyder was one of the big advocates for a championship game. He loved the divisions. Now, there are no divisions, right? Uh, it's, it's first and second place. But he loved the idea of the championship game. And I'll think about him as I watch the Wildcats on Saturday that um, this was a uh, it's it's a you know it, it it's a trophy game right it's it's a trophy game if Kansas State doesn't win they don't get a trophy for having finished second in the league this year but um, but they win on Saturday this would be a beautiful addition to the trophy case at um, at the sports complex at K State definitely I mean <clears throat> think about this Bill Snyder as great as he was as Kansas State's coach and he was great. Arguably, some would call him the best of all time. I would certainly say he's uh, the best turnaround artist that we've had in college football history. You know how many Big 12 championships he won? Uno. Uh, it was two, actually. He won the one in 03, and he won the one in 2012. So right. two. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking title games, but you're right. <laughs> Total Big 12 championships. Well, well, right, right. Well, one yeah. title game. The other time he was the one true champ, didn't have to do the title game. He got two. But that just shows you how hard it is. They don't come along often. I mean, even teams like Texas. Texas has not won a Big 12 championship since Mac Brown was there. And even then, not, not since the good Mac Brown days. The, at the end, they weren't winning. It seems to always be Oklahoma. In some years, it's Baylor. Maybe it's Oklahoma State. Um, so hard to come by. And if Chris Kleiman could do it in year four, whew, man, what an accomplishment. Well, now that you mention it, too, now I think about it, Texas has only won three Big 12 championships. They won the very first one in 96. Um, they won it again with Vince Young in 05. And then they won it again in 09, going to the uh, beating Nebraska and going to the, the Rose Bowl to play Alabama in the title game. But that's it. So if Kansas State wins this one, they will have matched Texas's Big 12 championship total. That's pretty. Wow. How about that? Yeah, Texas there. could leave the SEC, leave for the SEC with the same number. Of Big Twelve championships is Kansas State. How about that? That would be. There's be, a stat for you. I like it. Um, let's talk about what happens uh, for the Wildcats before we talk about the game itself. I'd like to talk about what happens to the Wildcats uh, after Saturday, win or lose. Um, if the Wildcats win, they're not going to be in the college football playoff because of three regular season losses, but. It seems to me, reading your stuff this week, Kellis, and, and, and then some other national writers, K-State may be somewhat locked into its bowl position. Am I right on that? I would say 99.9%, yes. They are going to the Sugar Bowl. They're in a unique situation where um, they pretty much know where they're going before the Big 12 championship game even happens. I mean, K-State fans could feel good about going in, booking their flights, whatever travel they want to do right now. It's very, very, very unlikely they end up anywhere else. If they win the Big 12 championship, they're, they're automatically bound to the Sugar Bowl. Unless, like you said, somehow, some way, 
the, the college football playoff is so impressed with what they do that they put, put them in the playoff because the big 12 champion champion, if they're not in the playoff automatically goes to the sugar. And here's why they get to go to the sugar bowl. Even if they lose, most likely if TC wins are going to be undefeated, they're going to the playoff no matter what, unless it's of all time, they will be in the final four with right. a win in this game undefeated. So if that happens, the Sugar Bowl is contractually bound to take the number two Big 12 team, which would be Kansas State. So if they win, they're the Big 12 champs, go to the Sugar Bowl. They lose, they're the Big 12 runner-up, they go to the Sugar Bowl. There's maybe some crazy scenario where they lose by 300 points and they ding them down in the polls. And maybe they don't go then, but barring that, uh, they'll be in New Orleans. It'll be Sugar Bowl, their first major bowl since 2012. Uh, and even I'll tell you what, even if that's even if they lose on Saturday, and that's something of a consolation prize, that's a heck of a consolation prize if that if that comes to pass. That'll, that'll oh, it, be- oh, it's yeah, it's great. And the ba- the best thing I think about it is that you're going to get to play a team you never otherwise would have, and there's a good chance they're going to play Alabama in that game. Yeah, how about that? How about that? How sweet would that be? Um, okay. Um, you know, just as Kansas State seems locked into its postseason fate, TCU may also be locked in as well. You're right. If, if TCU wins to improve to 13-0, and 0, the only question at that point is going to be where, they, where they're seated in the college football playoff. They're third now. And you and I are recording this on Tuesday afternoon before the the, the next to last uh, college football playoff uh, poll comes out. I suspect it's going to be TCU third, but if they win impressively and, um, you know, and, and Michigan doesn't or Georgia doesn't, maybe TCU jumps them in a, a spot. But either way, TCU with a victory, no doubt in the college football playoff. But even if TCU loses, especially if it's a close game and TCU stands 12 and one, They'll have the best record of any team in the country that's not undefeated. And I believe the committee will then have to decide whether a 12 and one TCU would be more worthy than an 11 and one Ohio state, which just got smacked around by Michigan. Um, or is, is a 12 and one TCU more worthy than a 10 and two Alabama or a 10 and two Tennessee, neither of which are playing in the sec title game. I think TCU at 12 and one would be. Uh, and I, I think it's possible that if Kansas State beats TCU, the Horned Frogs fall to fourth in the in the, in the, in the uh, college football playoff seating, and they will stay in the playoffs. So we'll have to see about that. I, I don't know what um, what others are saying. I just get a sense that if you end up with the very best record in a conference that proved how strong it was this year, uh, that gets that'll get consideration by the committee over whatever the sort of the popular thinking is that a that, of course, a TCU should go behind an Ohio State or an Alabama. Not necessarily. I, I think TCU's had a strong season. They have a strong team and has very – the Big 12 has a chance to have TCU in the playoff and K-State in the Sugar Bowl no matter what happens on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. This is a really bad week for the crowd of people who argue that expanding the playoff um, will make games meaningless. Really, if you look at all the title games this week, there's a chance all four teams, if you really look at it, there's a chance that all four teams that are currently in the top four could lose and still go on to the playoff. It's wild. Maybe not USC. They'd be the most vulnerable. But Georgia, are you kicking them out with a loss? Probably not. Nope. 
Nope. Michigan, you kicking them out with a loss? Probably nope. not. TCU, by that same logic, why would you kick TCU out? TCU out with a loss? They've got a great strength of resume. They've got all these strong wins. Um, you would have to move in Ohio State, which didn't win their conference championship. You'd have to move in Alabama, who has two losses. You'd have to move in Tennessee, who has two losses. You'd have to move in Clemson, who has two losses. Or you'd have to move in, well, I guess Penn State has two losses, but they lost to Michigan and Ohio State. Washington, too, yeah. Yeah, or you'd have to move in Washington or Kansas State, who has three losses. There's just no great team just sitting there. So it is absolutely possible that win or lose in the Big 12 championship game, TC is going to play off. K-State's going sugar. I mean, K-State's going sugar no matter what, I think. But, yeah, it's – I think TC deserves it. 12-0 regular season, undefeated run through the Big 12. It's never – it's never happened before, right? Right. That's correct. Yeah. I, not even Oklahoma when they were really humming. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, they found a way to lose a game. TC yeah. didn't. I, I think they deserve it. I think they should be in. We'll see, and maybe that'll uh, that'll make up for the snub of the Big Twelve in the very first year of the the old college football playoff when when Baylor and TCU each were what uh, twelve and one or eleven and one, I guess, um, and got jumped by Ohio State uh, in the in the end to to make the the, the playoff. Yes, yes. When, when TCU won its final game by fifty points and moved <laughs> down three spots in the standing, standing, unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's talk about what might happen on Saturday. What, you know, as with every Big 12 championship game, it's a regular season rematch. This was a fascinating regular season game with TCU beating Kansas State in Fort Worth. I don't know if it was in the NFL, we'd have called it week seven. I don't know if it was week seven or eight. It was the seventh game for K-State. They came into the game five and one. And of course, TCU was undefeated. I think K-State was 17th and TCU was ninth or eighth, something like that. Great matchup, and Kansas State got off to a fantastic start in this game. So much happened, Kellis. I remember watching this game from a hotel bar in Atlanta, and um, and and, and uh, uh, Adrian Martinez gets hurt. Was it on the second series, first series? It was really early in the game. First series, yeah. He played like four, five plays, and then was out. And then Will Howard comes in the game, and this was Will Howard's debut, I believe, for the season. Was it not? Hadn't Adrian Martinez taken every snap until then? It was. It was Will Howard's first appearance. They didn't want to play him. They wanted to redshirt him, which is hilarious looking back uh, in hindsight now. They were trying to redshirt the best quarterback of the team, one of the best in the conference. Um, so maybe that turned out to be a blessing in disguise for him. But what I remember about that game was where we were sitting on the press box we weren't out by the 50. We were, it's one of those stadiums where we're tucked as the media back in the end zone. And we were right over the entrance to the visiting locker room. And it was wild. Just every five minutes, we're looking down, seeing Adrian Martinez come out, Julius Brantz come out, Josh Hayes come out. I mean, I think Cooper Beebe missed some time in that game. But by the, by the midway point in the second half, they were down like seven starters. It was uh, just crazy. And, you know, Will Howard, as good as he played, he gets hurt. Jake Rubley has to come in. Um, so it was a really hard game to judge because Kansas State jumps out to this 28-10 lead when they've got all their starters on the field. And when they don't, TCU comes storming back and just dominates the second half. They win 38-28. And now maybe that happens anyway. TCU is a terrific second-half team. They seem like a team of destiny. Every time they're in a close game, they find a way to win. If it's low scoring, they deliver on defense. If it's high scoring, they deliver on offense. There's a reason they're 12-0. and 0. 
But I've always wondered what would have happened in that game if Will Howard just would have stayed healthy, even with all the other injuries. If just Will Howard would not have had to come out for three series in the second half, and the third string guy, Jake Ridley, comes in and just throws a pick and looks terrible. If they don't have those series and Kansas State is still pushing the whole way, and, and they missed two field goals in that game, which I think was a weird blessing in disguise because they switched kickers since then, who have and he has not missed. Ty Zentner's been amazing. So now they're now they're going to the rematch with the better quarterback, the better kicker, and maybe actually a little bit more dinged up defense. They've lost two safeties since then, but it's very it's cool that we get a rematch in this game because the first one was so fluky it was it was it was strange very strange and at the end of which i remember listening to the post game you know press conferences um of course kansas state was down for losing the game but they had done so much good stuff in that game and uh, i remember coming out of there feeling like i hope i see these teams play again because i i think this i thought at the time these are the two best teams in, in the big 12 and and here we are uh, several weeks, more than a month later, and, and they're playing for the title. Um, so what does happen, Kellis? And what, first of all, what, what, how might Adrian Martinez be used? We might hear a little bit from Chris Kleiman later, but um, if, if he's available to play, which he hasn't been the last couple of games, how do you, how do you get him involved in, in this game? He's, he's been a weapon for most of the season and, I'd hate to think that he'd be healthy or at least ready to go and, and not somehow be able to contribute to, in this game. Right. Well, Chris Kleiman said today at his press conference that Adrian Martinez is going to be basically a game time decision for this game. He's getting healthier. He's doing a little thing, doing a few things in practice now. And should know by Wednesday or Thursday if he's going to be active, able to dress, able to play. Now, Will Howard's the guy. He's played so well. He's the guy who's been leading this team lately. They're, they're not putting him on the bench. He's going to start. He's going to play, you would think, 90% of the game at the very least. But without being asked, Chris Kleiman volunteered that if, if Adrian's healthy, it would be pretty smart for them to put together a package for him to be out on the field. He's a great runner. And that's something that Will Howard, he's capable of running, but that's not his forte. He's more of a passer. That's what's opened up this offense, I think, is his arm, not his legs. Adrian's the other way around. He, he does stuff on the ground. He can QB scramble. He can do designed runs. So that actually does open up a few possibilities. If you wanted to have a wildcat type quarterback system out there for him, you could use it in short yardage. You could use it in the middle of the field. You could use it anywhere you want. I mean, Adrian knows what he's doing. And even if that's just a smoke screen, they're throwing it out there as some gamesmanship just for TCU to have one more thing to think about here. It's also good because if he's healthy, that means he's the backup quarterback. You don't have to go to Rubley. You don't have to go to Jaron Lewis. If something happens, you've got a, a guy you trust in. He's won big games for him before. So it's a good thing either way. Um, I personally don't think we actually see Adrian in this game. I think not because he's not healthy. I just think it's kind of silly to take Will Howard off the field. But I won't be shocked if it happens. It, it, it makes some sense. Well, TCU, of course, um, as, as we've said many times, undefeated. Max Duggan is having a phenomenal year. I think he should be a Heisman finalist. Um, and it's a it's a wide open Heisman race. Why why not give it to him? If especially if they win, votes are due um, next Monday. So if if he has a big game on Saturday, I could see him maybe sneaking out a, a Heisman victory. Kendry Miller was terrific in that game too. 153 yards rushing against the Wildcats, and um, Duggan had three touch. Uh, Duggan had three touchdown passes. Um, it kind of starts with those guys. They've got a lot of firepower, and their defense is is very, very good as well. What? Um, uh, wh how does Kansas State win this thing? 
think they got to do a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, I think they got to stop Kendra Miller. They can't let him go for 150 plus yards again. When Kansas State has struggled this season, it's because other teams are running on them. Tulane chewed up clock, ran on them and won. Texas chewed up clock, ran on them, killed them in the first half. I mean, Bajan Robinson just left cleat marks on K-State in that game. Kendra Miller, same thing. They just couldn't get off the field when they needed to because he would get first downs. So this is a game where they gotta they got to find a way to stand up to him. Don't let him run all over them. Uh, if they can prevent that, they'll have a much better shot. But at the same time, that's not really what TCU is about when they're not going ground and pound. Max Duggan can hit you with an explosive play. So that's that's what makes them such a hard offense to defend. They'll hit you. They'll hit you fast. They'll hit you slow. Um, and we saw last week against Iowa State when they put up 62 or whatever on the best defense in the conference. They can do both the same in the same game if they want. So they're going to have to, you know, be on it on defense. Um, I think having played this team before will actually help. Kind of see it in the NFL when divisional teams play each other the second time. Always seems to go under. Teams know their tendencies. They see stuff, you know, unfold on offense. Defense knows how to react. So I don't know if this game is going to be a shootout, but it's still going to be a challenge. And on the other side of the ball, um, Kansas State's just got to Got to come out and keep doing what they're doing with Will Howard. Uh, when he starts, Kansas State averages almost 48 points a game. When he plays, they average almost 40 points a game. They got to stay aggressive. I think if they can play every series like it's 0 0 and not let up, then I think they're going to have a chance. All right. If I'm hearing you correctly, Kellis, and I think I am, your stone cold lock of the century is the under in this game. Uh. <laughs> No, I'm. I think TCU. The last I saw was a two and a half point favorite, and uh, that that seems about right. I, I I do like it low scoring. I like it something like 26, 24, 26, 23 in that range uh, with a maybe last possession type of game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the over under 62, 62 and a half, something like that. These two te- teams have played before, and the first one, if you add it up is at uh, 66, yeah. so you think it would go down a little bit. I think there's going to be nerves, too. It's hard to just show up for a Big 12 championship game and be playing loose and free in the first quarter. So, And, and Kansas State's been really good second half in, in defense, or on defense lately. They, they didn't allow hardly anything against KU, didn't allow hardly anything against West Virginia. Um, if, if they make adjustments, it's going to be hard to, to have this be a shootout. So... I don't know if it'll be quite as low scoring as maybe like we saw last year with Oklahoma State and Baylor. It's coming down to like the bitter, you know, the very last yard. But I, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. And uh, yeah, every, you know, every inch is going to count. All right. We're going to have some, we're going to take a break here. We'll have some um, Chris Kleiman sound on the other side. But gosh, Kellis, I think for an inaugural Big 12 championship game podcast, that went really well. Good conversation. Enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, we, we should do it more often. Let's do it. Let's do it next year. Let's do it next year. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Anytime, Blair. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening.
Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, excited for the guys uh, last Saturday to come out and play really well and earn the opportunity to uh, represent uh, this program in the uh, Big 12 championship. Uh, a lot of distractions last week, a lot of potential distractions, whether it would be uh, senior day, last game at home, to uh, the weather, to um, playing your rival, all those things. And uh, thought our guys did a really good job of blocking out uh, as much of the outside noise as they could and focus on just playing uh, a really good game against a much improved, really good Kansas team. And uh, I thought there were some ups and downs, but for the most part, uh, I thought our kids handled uh, everything really well. And, and we found a way to uh, get a pretty good win um, in front of a great crowd. That was a phenomenal crowd. I thought it was the, we've had great crowds all year and that one would be hard to top as loud as they were from the opening kickoff to the very end to seeing our, our players go and engage with the fans afterwards. Uh, I thought it was a, a great crowd. Can't thank them enough. Coach, with your history in the FCS level, and I think it might have happened once in K-State's history, playing the same team twice in the season. How does that change your preparation for that team? Um, you know, we've done that an awful lot. And you, you still look at the most recent body of work. You know, for us, it was six games and played them. And we had a plan for those six games. And then you got to look at the next six games. You got to see what worked, did what didn't work. You don't want to reinvent the wheel in any in any respect because there's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why they are here. Yeah, you've got to make uh, some adjustments to to the plan and offense, defense, and teams. It's going to still come down to a lot of one on one matchups. But um, um, try not to make too much of it, other than you you and and our players, their players know who they're going against. Um, but schematically, you still have to do what your kids know. Your offense come or evolved since that second half at TCU was such a struggle for Will and the offense. Yeah, a um, couple things. We didn't see the ball very much because we couldn't get it back from them. Um, but uh, I, I just think there's so much more comfortable being that Will's played a, a handful of games now and taken you know, the majority of the reps with the ones for the last uh, – uh, three plus weeks. Um, I think he's confident. I think the, the players are confident in him. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to, to see, you know, as this week unfolds, uh, some of the things that uh, we come up with, some of the wrinkles maybe off of a specific look to what we do really well and still comes down to getting the ball into our playmakers' hands. The character of their quarterback throughout the team. What, does TCU reflect Max Duggan's toughness and tenacity? Yeah, and uh, you talk about a team that has overcome a, an awful lot of adversity as well. They've had a number of games where it came down to the last possession or two, and they found a way, whether it was on offense or on defense. You know, the, the defensive effort they put out against Texas was was phenomenal to the last drive against Baylor where they have to uh, have a hurry up field goal to win it. Um, yeah, you, you can tell he's the leader of the football team. I'm sure they got a bunch, but uh, uh, just really impressed with him because he's such a competitor. You're getting kind of thin up safety. I think we saw Max Marsh play a little yep. bit even last Saturday. Some of that too, I think you're trying to 
pace Steiger's uh, eligibility to yep. keep his redshirt? Did that play into it? Yep, a little bit of everything. Uh, that's all I can say is a little bit of everything. Um, Max has taken a lot more reps. Mashmeyer's probably taken a lot more uh, reps than Kendra over the over the long body of work because um, Kendra wasn't here for spring ball, missed a good chunk of the summer. Uh, was here for fall camp, played a couple of different positions. We were still learning about him, uh, trying to hold his shirt if we could. And um, that was a unique game plan last week. Uh, KU does an awful lot of stuff with some motions and things that maybe Max and, and Mash had seen a lot more than Kendra. Uh, everybody's on the table to play this week. They have to be. Uh, we'll mix and match as best we can back there uh, again. Um the positive thing is we didn't lose anybody from the game against KU, so everybody should be available. I think this was kind of the timetable maybe you were expecting to maybe get Adrian back. Yeah. What's his status? Um, you know, Will's going to be the guy, and uh, Adrian has helped us get to this moment without question because of his body of work that he's done in the first half of the season. Um, yeah, there's an outside chance that uh, he could he could be available this week. We'll learn probably more Wednesday and Thursday. And if he is, um, like I said, Will will be the guy, but we've got to have a package or something for Adrian just because of the, the unique skill set that he does have. No, we'll – can't talk about the Pacifics and for another few weeks, but just how much of a recruiting jolt in general have you received from this late surge down the stretch? Uh, we'll find out, I think, in another in another couple of weeks. Um, but there's there's so many things going on in the landscape of, of, of college football that uh, you don't realize the jolt you're going to see in the next uh, uh, three weeks. Coach, I want to ask you about Will. He he talked about after the game on Saturday. He talked to the guys after the TCU game and said, we feel like we're going to see these guys again. Have you kind of felt that attitude permeate throughout the locker room? Um, no. You know, that's more of a player deal, I'm guessing. Um, we, we lost that game and we had to find ways to uh, to continue to get better and try to win each week because we had a tough schedule still ahead of us. And I know as coaches, we never had that cross our minds. We were trying to get ready for each upcoming opponent. And, and once again, if you, if you try to look ahead, you're going to get knocked off and beat. And so, um, never came across my mind. I'm sure the guys talk, they talk about a lot of things. Um, and it never really entered my mind, honestly, until after the West Virginia game where it was, okay, we know if, if we win, who the opponent's going to be. We, even though TC had probably uh, secured their spot long ago, we never even thought about that stuff. So then at least we could start some advanced scouting on them. That game against TCU, you guys obviously had a lot of injuries. Kind of taking time to reflect on it, did that maybe help your depth in the long run? It could have. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, uh, as you watch the tape that played, especially on defense, that um, uh, either are not playing right now or helping us on special teams. Um, you know, I, I, you forget we played three quarterbacks that game. I mean, I, I when I was going back and looking at it, I forgot that, that uh, uh, Rubes even got in there. Um, but no, that was uh, a physical game. We lost some, some bodies, but uh, they, they came back and beat us. I mean, that, that we can say all we want about we didn't do this or didn't do that. Give TCU credit. They came back from being down. Um, and stayed the course and stayed in the fight and found a way to get ahead and, and win the ball game. Um, 
and we have to find ways to to finish plays, finish drives, uh, get off the field on defense. That's the biggest thing that I think that uh, disappointed us is we couldn't get off the field on defense. Thus, our offense just never had the ball much in that second half. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of George Howard, Monty Davis, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for sharing his insights on Kansas State and the Big 12 championship game. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.